This is uh, an incredible, um, I feel, I don't know how I feel. I just feel incredible, you know, because some 20-odd oh, years ago, um, I remember driving past this building and saying to Liz, as we're driving past, that would make a brilliant church. <laughs> and here we are now, stood here in this building. And what a fantastic opportunity. I feel so privileged to be able to uh, share with you. And um, I was thinking about, uh, you know, how I was going to start the, 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 the message. And, and I just reminded of a, a little girl who was in Sunday school. And there she is scribbling away on a piece of paper. And the Sunday school teacher came up to her and said, oh, what, what, what are you drawing? That looks very nice, Mary. What are you drawing? She says, I'm drawing a picture of God. And she says, well, nobody knows really what God looks like. She said, well, give me a second to finish and you'll soon find out. So <laughs> I just get a sense that we want to find out what God's about, don't we? We want to, uh, you know, tonight, come a little bit deeper into the knowledge and understanding of who God is. And this, this kingdom of God has been a great series. And I want to talk this evening about priorities. What are the priorities in your life? What are God's prior- priorities for your life? And do the two match or collide? And I'd like to start by reading a very well-known passage from Matthew 6.25, and it says this. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. Do they not sow or reap or store away in barns? And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And in Matthew 6, verse 33, it says this. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So let us just pray. Father God, would you help us now in these next few moments to listen to what you want to say to us? so that we can go away changed tonight by your living word, that we can be filled and satisfied and encouraged tonight by your living word, so that tomorrow we can make a difference in our community because of your living word. Amen. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Let me just remind you about the kingdom of God. In 1 John, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 to 5, it says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Jesus Christ is the focus of all Scripture and is central to the Word of God, both Old and New Testament. The person of Jesus, his message and ministry are so linked to the kingdom of God. Where he is, the kingdom of God is. So Jesus came to announce the arrival of the kingdom. His parables describe the kingdom. We heard Christian a few weeks ago talking about uh, faith as small as a mustard seed and how the mustard seed is an unstoppable force. His miracles were a witness to the kingdom. The kingdom as preached by Jesus links the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation. 
So we now live in a situation where the kingdom of God is here. Jesus Christ lives in us and we live in him. But also, it has not yet fully come until Jesus returns again. A difficult concept to grasp, to understand. But I heard someone to describe it like this. June the 6th, 1944, was D-Day, when the Allied forces landed at Normandy. A decisive battle in the Second World War. And on that day and the weeks following, it was the start of freedom for many nations. But the war wasn't finished until VE Day, victory in Europe, 8th of May, 1945, almost a year. So in effect, when Jesus came to this earth fully man, yet fully God, and was crucified, that was in effect D-Day. Because when he rose again, he defeated death, and the battle was effectively won. And now Satan is running a rearguard action, trying to spoil and to destroy God's creation. But when Jesus comes again, then the kingdom of God will be fully here and forevermore. So we are caught in this kind of time warp, as it were, where the kingdom of God is here but not yet fully come. So how do we respond to living like this? How do we live and experience everything God has got for us and has got planned for us while we still live in a broken world? What are our priorities? Well, I guess everybody wants to love and be loved. We want to enjoy life, don't we? I guess we all would like to have Nice clothes, a nice house, a good job, etc. And there's nothing wrong with that. But where are our priorities? Do you ever suffer from uh, when I disease? When I get a good job, I'll have more time for God in church. Or when I get a bit older, I'll definitely have more time for God. Or when I get married, I'll have more time to read the Bible. You won't. When I get rich, I will definitely... Have more time to seek God. When I, when I always revolves around I, rather than putting your faith and trust in him. Perhaps the greatest sin in the kingdom of God is pride. Because pride says, I can do it. I can do it on my own. In fact, I can do it better than God. And this leads to rebellion. And, and by proudly carrying on our plans for our lives, we are bound sooner or later to come into conflict and collide with God's plans for us. That is why the Bible says in James 4 and 6, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And many Christians are caught with their feet straddled across this world and his kingdom. On Sunday at church, they praise and worship God as though their life depends on it. And it does. But on a Monday, on a Monday they turn to Wonga.com or whatever loan company because they believe that they can do it quicker and faster than God. Yet, we should seek first the kingdom of God. And seek, that's a great word. What does it mean to seek To deliberately strive and desire something as an act of the will. It is the Greek word, verb, zetio, Z-E-T-E-O. Here the context implies putting your whole life at the disposal of God's rule and will so that nothing takes greater priority. This meaning carries over the Old Testament idea that seeking God is an act 
activity of the whole being, not simply an intellectual pursuit. Everything that comprises who we are is to be offered as a living sign of complete surrender to the pursuit of God and his kingdom. Seeking is is a strong word. It's not just looking around or, or checking it out. It's not like playing hide and seek. Now, when uh, uh, my Sarah was uh, so high, four or five, she used to love to play hide and seek. I used to have to hide, and we, uh, at the time, was living in a house. We had big picture windows, so we had big full curtains. I used to hide behind the curtain. You could normally see my feet sticking out, but I used to hide behind the curtain, and she'd come into the lounge shouting, Daddy, Daddy, and then she'd come up to the curtain and give me a big hug around my legs, and I'd go, and she goes squealing out of the room killing herself with laughing and a few seconds later daddy daddy and she'd come into the room again and the same thing had happened and it would go on for hours and sometimes I cheated I hid behind the sofa and she'd come up daddy daddy go to the curtain and, and I wouldn't be there and you could see the look of confusion and disappointment on her face Where's he gone? And then I'd rise up behind the sofa and chase her out of the room. And sometimes we get a sense that, you know, when we're seeking God, it's like playing hide and seek. But God doesn't move. God is here. It can be easily found. Just pick your Bible up. He's there. Just pick the Word of God up. Sit down and start reading it. He is there. He's not trying to hide from you. It's us that we try to for all kinds of excuses to try and find him. God is not hiding. So we should seek his kingdom with a sense of fervent hunting. I'm sure every parent knows what this word means, fervent hunting, when we're seeking something. Because I can remember going shopping with Liz and Sarah again, must only have been knee high to a grasshopper. And one minute she's there, next minute we're Sarah gone. We're Sarah gone. I can remember running around Tesco shouting, Sarah, Sarah. And the panic that just gets into your heart is that moment, where's she gone? So I am fervently seeking. I am hunting after my child. And there she is, sat down with a magazine on the floor, looking, you know, safe. But for those few moments, for those few moments, oh, I was fervently seeking. And we should seek his kingdom with the intensity of looking for a lost child. Nothing else matters until that child is found. This is how we should seek his kingdom for our lives. But how we do that, how do we put that into practice with everything that goes on in our busy lives? Well, a little illustration. I've got to ask one or two volunteers to uh, come up and help me. So Olivia and uh, Morgan, would you just come up here? Now, this is just a typical scene. I'm sure everybody would know what this is about. Do you understand behind the um, microphone? Can you imagine a fast food restaurant, McDonald's? All the fast food establishments are available, but a typical drive-through. So this is what happens. Who's number one? Yeah. Hi, can I take your order? Yes, please. I'd like a Big Mac and a cappuccino. Would you like to go large? Would I like to go large? Of course I'd like to go large. Thank you. Okay, please go to window two. Window two. Hi, here's your order. That'd be 5 99 5 99 a bargain. Thank you very much. So everybody has seen, and everybody, I'm sure everybody has done that scenario. 
Okay, let's just change it a little bit. I can take your order. Yes, please. I'd like a burger, but I want it really well done. I don't want it so the blood oozes out of it or juice. I really want it well done. And I don't want any lettuce. Definitely no lettuce. But I want some onion on it. Uh, no mayo. No mayo. Definitely no tomato. And definitely no gherkin. Oh, obviously, I like you a lot. Okay, please go to window two. That'd be five ninety-nine, please. Five ninety-nine. Your order won't be ready yet because it's special. If you'd like to take a seat and wait over there. All oh, right. So I've ordered something special. I've ordered something different to the norm. So here I know that when I go to window one, I have I place my order. I know that something is going on in the background, and when I um, collect my order, I stand. And I've got to wait because I've made a special order. Thanks, guys. Would you just like to sit down? Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. So I've made a special order. You've made your request. You've asked for something special, not just run of the mill, something different to the usual, something different to the norm. Now, there's a time of preparation. You know something is happening in the background. You saw... You sense something is happening. You can perhaps even smell that something is happening. Something is happening behind the scenes that is different to the usual. And you pay for your order um, before you get it. Now that's a bit of faith and a bit of trust, isn't it? You haven't got what you want yet, but you have to pay up front for it. And then just as the saliva starts and the juices and the stomach starts rumbling, uh, you see people come and just jump the queue kind of thing because they're not waiting they just get what they want they're just asking for something normal for something usual and so you're waiting over here and you see them go past tucking into their big mac or whatever now if we treat the same scenario but refer to this as seeking first the kingdom of god and his righteousness in our lives hopefully it can make us help us to make a sense of what it means for example god i want a job I want a job, God. I want a job that is different to the norm. I want a job that, I'm, that is going to use my abilities and my gifting. I want a job that is going to pay my bills. I want a job, Lord, that is going to glorify you. I know there may be a time of preparation. Perhaps changing my abrupt personality so that making me a bit more pleasant and tolerant. Perhaps the fruit of the Spirit beginning to blossom and to bloom. I know there is a cost to be met reading my Bible. So I get a better understanding of who you are, God, and a better understanding of who I am. Learning to tithe my money. Going to church even when I don't feel like it. Jesus, I know that you paid the price for me. (laughs) It's the least I can do. So you're waiting, learning patience, learning contentment, willing to serve until my special job is ready. You want a partner and place your order. Don't just be satisfied with the first person to be served up. Place a special order. God, I want a partner who is honest and trustworthy, that shows integrity, but above all, loves you, Lord. Because I know if my partner loves you, then he will love and respect me. A special order. And it takes time to prepare. Time for your emotions to be healed. Time for your character to be developed. 
So it's not a case of two needy people coming together through mutual need and then being ripped apart because that need will never be met by each other. But two strong, healthy individuals being brought together through love, through Jesus Christ, at the center of their relationship. And whilst you're standing, waiting, and everybody else is passing you by, perhaps on their third, fourth, fifth relationship, saying, oh, Lord, poor, bless, bless, Lord, been left on the, on the sidelines, been left on the shelf. Well, just remember, you've chosen to seek first the kingdom of God. You've chosen to put Jesus first, and you know that he cares about every aspect of your life. He wants to give you something that is special and not just run of the mill. Matthew 7, 7 says this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? John Partington, in his book, uh, Defeating the Giants, I'd recommend reading it, it's brilliant, says this. If you want God to bless your family, put him first in your family. If you want God to bless your career, put him first in your career. If you want God to bless your relationships, put him first in your relationship. If you want God to bless your time, put him first in your schedule. If you want God to bless your finances, put him first in your finances. So let me just give you an example of somebody who actively, fervently sought out the kingdom of God, who got his priorities right, wasn't put off by people around him or the circumstances that he faced and was miraculously changed forever. And if you've got your Bibles with with you, if you want to turn to Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52, we'll just start reading that. So it's Mark 10, 46 to 52, and it says this. One day Jesus came to Jericho. And as Jesus' disciples and a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. On me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Now, I think this is an incredible story. Let me just go through this again. Here is Bartimaeus wearing a cloak, a cloak that identified him as a person in need. There is no doubt that people would have seen this cloak and recognized that this here is a blind man begging for money and for food, a blind man with no apparent future, a blind man worried about where his next meal 
was going to come from. Clothed in a ragged garment that identified his need. But then he heard that Jesus was around. And he knew that this was his opportunity to change. To change the way he was. To alter the way he was living. To dare to dream of a brighter, better future. So he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the people around him told him to be quiet. Shut up. Be quiet. Stop bothering Jesus. But he was not going to be put off. He was not going to be put off at the first hurdle. He had waited too long. He had been in need too long to be put off. He shouted louder, more persistent, more desperate. He knew that the kingdom of God was near because Jesus was near. Then Jesus stopped and called him. And these people, who a few seconds ago were telling him to be quiet, said, Cheer up, cheer up. Jesus is calling you. What could that blind man see that the others around him couldn't? He identified Jesus as the Messiah, the King of Kings, and where he is, his kingdom is. Now, this is the amazing part of the story. Just look and listen to what Bartimaeus did next. He had been called to Jesus, he throws his cloak aside. This cloak that identified his need, that spoke of his need, that displayed his need, that emphasized his need. And he stepped forward away from his need towards the voice of Jesus. Wow. Talk about a change of mindset. When I read this familiar passage again recently, boy, did it strike a chord with me. What a change of mindset that this guy had when he called upon the name of Jesus. Let me tell you this. A change of mindset is so important. Bartimaeus was called to Jesus. He arose, cast aside that which identified him as a needy person, and started walking towards the voice of Jesus. He was still blind. His condition hadn't changed. His circumstances hadn't changed, but his mindset had. I may be blind. I may not be able to see. But I am no longer willing to be identified as the person I was. I'm going to be changed from this day on. And where Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, calls out to you and, and you begin to take those first steps towards his voice, even though you cannot see him yet, even though your circumstances haven't changed yet, but when you move towards his voice, something changes in your life. Some people may say, and I've heard some people say, what a leap of faith. Bartimaeus, surrounded by darkness, unable to see, moved towards Jesus. What a leap of faith. I don't think that's correct. I don't think that's biblical. I don't think it is not a leap of faith into the dark, a leap into the unknown. It's a faith, a step of faith into the light. A step into the light of God's word. Psalm 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Proverbs 3.5.6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. I don't know what kind of troubles or problems that people are, are going through right now in your life or what worries or concerns you have, what needs you have. But I do know if you seek the kingdom of God first, Jesus is waiting for you tonight and is saying, 
what do you want me to do for you? Let me give you a piece of advice that which I which I identified your need alone. Don't go back to it. You know, many people come to Jesus Christ and they leave their garment, ragged garments of need. They get touched by God and they look back and then they pick up that garment again just in case. Because I'm comfortable there. Just in case I might need it. Just in case, because that identifies me. That's the person I was. And they take that garment again. And I just find it so sad because I remember I was on Mansfield Marketplace only a couple of years ago with um, people from Trent Vineyard and we had a, a big sign up saying healing. And this woman went past on one of these motorized scooters. And she stopped and says, what's all this about? So I said, we're just a group of Christians and we're asking people if they want prayer for healing. And one of my friends said to her, would you like prayer for healing? He said, no. No, 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 no. What would I do? How would I live without my disability benefits? And you think, how sad. How sad that this woman was trapped in this world of wanting to live by benefit and missing out on so much more that God has got to offer. Seek first the kingdom of God. I truly believe that Jesus here tonight is calling people to him and is asking the same question. What do you want me to do for you? Let me finish with this very simple illustration. Um, Morgan and Olivia, would you just go and uh, get the, uh, that piece of guttering for me again, please, and, and the balls. Now, this is just a, a very simple e- illustration. And I hope you don't think it's a bit too gimmicky because I was really thinking how can I use a visual, uh, something that's so visual to emphasize what the kingdom, seeking the kingdom of God is. So if you take one side, so you take that side. Then Morgan, you take that one in the Thanks, Morgan. Thank you. You, you take all that. Thank you. So for those listening on podcast, I've got a, a bit of plastic guttering here and I've got some colored balls. So um, Morgan, you represent the kingdom of God. Olivia, you represent this world that we're living in right now. And this guttering represents our life. Okay? So, uh, if this, this evening, if Jesus was stood right in front of you now, and he asked the question, what do you want me to do for you? What would you answer? What would you actually say to him? What are the needs and concerns that you are facing? I know there are people here with real personal needs, and please, I don't want to make light of them. Please understand my heart. But I really believe God wants to release his Holy Spirit tonight. And I just think this illustration will just hopefully help us to understand about seeking the kingdom of God first. So if anybody's got any needs, what would you say to Jesus? Would one or two brave people just begin to shout out, what needs would you want to see Jesus met? Sorry? Fill him with your Holy Spirit. Okay. God, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. What else? What other needs would you have? Oh, family. Family is a big one, isn't it? Yeah. Family. What else have we got? Oh, more like you. Yeah. I want to be more like you. Yeah. What other needs do we have? 
Financial needs. Who's got financial needs? I know I have. Financial needs. Okay. What other needs have we got? Health. Brilliant. Yeah. Health needs. Yeah. What other needs have we got? Family. Oh, I want my family to come to know God again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I've got elderly elderly in-laws that I really want to see come to a knowledge of God. What other needs have we got? Young people. We want to see young people come, don't we? Absolutely. So as you can imagine, this is representing all our needs, all our concerns. And I know there's many more. I know there's one or two people who are a little bit too shy to say what their needs really are. I understand that. But can you imagine that this represents the needs in our life? Now, I'm sure you will have heard it said, we need to find the right balance. Have you heard people say that about church and about life? We need to get that right balance. Well, let me tell you, that's not right. It is not biblical. We do not want to get the right balance That is a lie of Satan. It's one of his biggest lies. Because if we get the right balance, if we try to balance this out, sooner or later, the weight of the responsibility of all these needs will just begin to press down harder and harder and harder. And sooner or later, what will happen? We'll start turning away from God stop praising God and start blaming God for not having our needs met. But this is what happens when we seek the kingdom of God first, when we bow the knee in prayer and we seek Jesus Christ. It is a principle of the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. It cannot be stopped. If you put Jesus Christ first, all these things shall be added unto you. Thanks, guys. Just put it down there for us. Thank you. Just as gravity is is a law in this world, so seeking God and having all these things added to us, is a kingdom principle, a kingdom promise. God knows what, your, finance, what your, your need in your finances are. He knows you need time to spend with your family. He knows your medical condition. He knows your need and is willing to meet your need if you seek him first. Very often the confusion arises because we get things in the wrong order. It's God first, family second, church third. Supporting the stags forth. Uh, seriously, we, we need to be led by the Holy Spirit, not by the need. And sometimes we get confused between church and his kingdom. Don't try and keep things in balance. It will not work. But seek first the kingdom of God. Tell him about your needs. He is here and waiting to ask. What do you want me to do for you is here right now. Let's just bow our heads in prayer. I know there are people here tonight who really need a touch from you, God. 
people in desperate situations, hurting, angry, confused. But you are the good shepherd who knows how to look after his flock. And as people cry out to you tonight, Father, I pray that you would meet their need for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who shed his blood and died for our sins so that we could be reconciled to you. Help us, God, to understand what it means to seek first the kingdom of God in our lives. Now, there may be some people here tonight that have never met with Jesus Christ in a real and personal way. If you are here tonight and you are saying, I've never understood before that Jesus can meet my need. And I want to ask him tonight to help me. Then I want to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to move from your seat. But if you want to know Jesus more in your life, then I just want you to lift your hand so that I can see, so that I can pray for you. Is anybody here tonight that wants to know Jesus Christ? Father God, we just thank you for your living word tonight that brings hope and joy. May we know more of you each and every day as we begin to seek your kingdom first and foremost in our lives. You are a great God that is worthy of all honour 